podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hardy's signature Frisco burger and Frisco breakfast sandwich are the kind of goodness people drive across town for. Classic favorites on a toasted sourdough bun. Only at Hardy's. Goodness in the making. Participation may vary. Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for my team selector ahead of the game tomorrow against Leeds at Stamford Bridge, 3pm kickoff in the Premier League. I'm going to be completely honest, I am not looking forward to this game. I don't think many Chelsea supporters I'm seeing are looking forward to this game. How can you be? You know, How can you be optimistic? How can you be confident? How can you look at any evidence and pull on any evidence that Chelsea are going to turn up tomorrow and Chelsea are going to put in a controlled, effective performance because all the evidence has been shouting at us, screaming at us so far this year and in, in recent months that Chelsea will not do that. Chelsea will likely disappoint. So I'm I'm taking the MJ approach from no way home. You know, um, expect disappointment, you'll never be disappointed. And I hopefully Chelsea do prove me wrong. But I, I just have to be blunt and be honest because I, I know a lot of Chelsea fans are feeling like this. We, we've dread of, of we're not going to see a good performance. It's probably going to be a downbeat day. And that is not the way Chelsea should be going into games at Stamford Bridge. But that is the reality. I mean, I just look at the stats in front of me. Chelsea have not scored a Premier League goal at Stamford Bridge since the 15th of January. That was Kai Havertz's header, winning header against Crystal Palace. That was also Chelsea's last win in the Premier League. We've scored only three Premier League goals in 2023 so far. Grimsby, who faced Southampton and beat them in the FA Cup, have scored two against the Premier League side. So that it just kind of shows you where we are currently. And I don't do that for just banter reasons and, you know, just for a cheap point. It, I, I don't know how you get round stats like that. And it, and it shows how much Graham Potter needs to evoke something from his players over the next three to four to five days, you know, with the, with the obviously the game tomorrow against Leeds, but then also the Borussia Dortmund game and, and to see how far... Chelsea can go and whether this is one of Graham Potter's final games because the mood is so bad at the moment. Before we do get into any of that good stuff uh, and you're looking for a little, trust me, I hope this channel can become a little bit more optimistic, but it's very difficult at the moment covering Chelsea. But if you want to help out the channel, you can hit that like button, really does help more, more Chelsea fans find Son of Chelsea, but also hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Son of Chelsea is a part of the 90 Min podcast network. Let's start by looking at the opposition in Leeds. Their last five games, uh, it hasn't been good. They're sitting in the relegation zone and obviously recently changing head coach from Jesse Marsh at the start of February uh, with Javi Gracia, the former Watford coach, being appointed. He got off to a decent start, of course, beating Southampton last week. A uh, big win for them, but then they, they did get knocked out of the FA Cup in midweek to Fulham, but I guess that's not exactly a, a killer blow to their season. And you look at the league table, 22 points, only a point above the relegation zone. Um, it's it's not looking good for Leeds. And it looks like Leeds are going to be in the same spot they were this time last year, where they're going to be trying to survive once again. And I guess the big question this season is when you had players last year like Rafinha, you know, real players who could offer that bit of magic and inspiration in moments, who is going to do that within that team? And, and I think that they are still struggling. My my opinion, without making this whole Leeds video, is that I, I do think that Marcelo Bielsa, for all the good he did to get them up to the Premier League, I think the lack of defensive structure really has hurt them. And I think it's hurt them 
you know, once they've changed head coach and they've changed head, head coach again. But then also, I just think very basic defensive things that they were failing at from the moment they arrived in the Premier League. Once the attacking side of the game, once those numbers faded a little bit, once you take players like Rafinha, who were offering magic out of the team, you know, it was always going to be a matter of how long, you know, could Leeds survive. And I, and I think that's a big problem. Part of the criticism of Jesse Marsh was he slightly changed the formation and slightly changed the way Leeds played to make them a lot more narrow. It doesn't look like... Um, Grassi is going too far away from that playing kind of a 4-2-3-1 but Leeds of course are going to treat this game a lot differently you know Chelsea versus Leeds historically is a big game it's a, it's a game that matters to both sets of supporters and I think that Leeds like a lot of clubs are going to come to Stamford Bridge at the moment and you'd be advising them and saying to them there's a chance you can get a result here and I think that's what Southampton played on and that's what Leeds are going to be playing on tomorrow with quite clearly a hostile away support coming down to the bridge um, and that's what concerns me even with their their problems they do have some exciting players exciting younger players too like Weston McKenney very much signed with Jesse Marsh you know that's a very Chelsea thing to do sign a player for one coach and then sack the coach and replace them but uh, Aronson to another American player Tyler Adams so there's a lot of American influence in this team without the American head coach now I think Ilian Melier of course I, I do think is going to go on to bigger things in his career I really do so even if Leeds got relegated I could see him actually staying in the Premier League Patrick Bamford of course you know Chelsea connection there uh, I think has, has done a lot, lot of good in his career I think the shame for him over the past year has been those injury problems that continue to stack up which has sort of struggled struggle for him to get back on the pitch but as we know, at times can offer a, a real good uh, attacking end product for them, really. And, and there's been other players within this team, younger players, who could still offer moments of inspiration. And as I said, when you're coming up against Chelsea, you know, we could look at, we looked at all the stats about Southampton and how bad they were before they played Chelsea and they still beat Chelsea. So it, it's it, you don't really want to lean too much on what Leeds have been doing in recent weeks when they come up against Chelsea um, as evidence of, of why Chelsea... Should be winning this game, yes, based on quality, based on the table, but you know, based on what we've been seeing in recent weeks, it feels a lot more like an even game. And I do want to point this out again, just insane. You know, Chelsea, you see they're in tenth on the league table, thirty-one points. Just to calm everyone's nerves a little bit at this point in the season, I did check. I believe last year the Burnley, who were finished eighteenth and, and of course got relegated. 35 points. So Chelsea only need four points, basically, with probably a superior goal difference in the end to stay up. So here's the way for Graham Potter to look at it. If we win tomorrow, we're, we're very close to staying up. But I, as I joked with someone else recently, and, to, and when, once I mentioned this stat that Chelsea only needed about four or five points to probably survive in the Premier League this year, they then asked when are we going to get these points? And I think that's a very fair point based on what's been going on at Chelsea. So happy, happy about Chelsea at the moment, looking at the bottom end of the table and if we're going to get relegated or not. But that that is the reality. Gallows humour, it kind of has to be at the moment. We're going to move on now to team news. Um, again, not looking good. Uh, Mason Mount's not available with an abdomen injury. Um, it looks like Cesar Azpilicueta has been struggling as well. The worst one of those, I think, for me is Reese James. Uh, apparently, Reese James uh, has a hamstring problem uh, and is a doubt for the game. He wasn't ruled out of the game, but we saw with the Southampton game, wasn't risked when he was on the verge of injury. And again, we may see a situation where Graham Potter is not going to risk Reese James tomorrow with Borussia Dortmund in mind, uh, which is frustrating because you want to see Reese James playing football for Chelsea, particularly with the type of formation Graham Potter could use tomorrow to try and get some confidence back into the players. But that in itself is is, is one that I, I, you know, are you going to risk Reese James with all the injury problems he's had? And, and we'll, we'll see, obviously, at 2pm tomorrow, whether he's in the team or in the squad or not. Let's move on to my 11. 
very difficult. And, and you know, I have put Reese James in there just in case he does play. And I think my I, just on a base point with with Graham Potter, I I've said this on on the podcast I was on earlier this week, but also I've probably said it on the channel too. When I look back at the first ten games when Graham Potter was here. And what I enjoyed about those first 10 games, what I found interesting about those first 10 games, it felt like Graham Potter was very much trying to continue the work that he'd been praised for at Brighton. And going for, you know, you talk about principles, you talk about sort of his way of doing, you know, being a head coach and and wanting to use the team in the way, you know, he kind of desires. And part of that was playing a free back system, but part of that was also being daring and inventive, even if he was missing players. And, And that's what I enjoyed about those first 10 games. And since then, I think since it all started to go wrong before Christmas, he's kind of gone back into his shell and Chelsea play a really bland style of play now. It's a 4-2-3-1, which I felt maybe could have offered Chelsea something more, but based on the way we're using it at the moment, it's just not inspirational at all. It's not getting players like Ben Sherwell and Reese James who have returned from injury up up the pitch enough basically to influence things where you need them to. So as you can see with this formation here, it's not too dissimilar to the one he started in his very first game coaching Chelsea against Salzburg. Three five two, I guess you'd call it. If you remember back then, he was playing Raheem Sterling as a wing back. That was one of the most interesting things he did in his first game as a Chelsea head coach. But the fact that he's now got Ben Chirwell and Reese James potentially available, I think those are obviously the natural first choice wing backs you're going to be playing in that area. Without Thiago Silva, I think Badi Ashile, Fafana and Chalabur would be my back three. If he's going to play a back four without James... I think that you play Chalabra as a right back. We saw that last month that was working all right. And he's, you know, Chalabra's gone out, gone off the radar a bit for me. Then you get into central midfield. Without Mason Mount, you maybe, you know, you have the options of Conor Gallagher here. But I think maybe Loftus-Cheek is kind of a number six. N'Golo Kante is back in training. But I mean, they're going to take it so light with N'Golo Kante, I'm sure. So I'd be absolutely stunned if he's if he plays any part tomorrow. And even on uh, Tuesday against Borussia Dortmund. So let's go with Ruben, who I think has some ha- has had some good performances for Graham Potter in that deeper role. Mateo Kovacic was ill last week, but hopefully he'll be uh, ready to start. And then Enzo Fernandez may be playing a, a further role, you know, to try and get those passes into the final third, to try and make those line-breaking passes that we know he can, which is what Chelsea need in the final third. And then you have a front two. And as I say again, I don't know who the front two is going to be. Who do you rely on at this point in the season? And and it's it's very difficult for me to look at Graham Potter's selections currently and, and feel with any confidence and guess what he's going to do. Because if he sticks with the 4 one you could see Mudrick, Felix, Madawake. You could see Mudrick, Felix, Sterling. Um, I, I think that maybe he'll rely on, on the, the experience of Sterling. Aubameyang coming off the bench last week quite late and him speaking about him training well kind of lends me to think he may go in the Aubameyang direction once again, which doesn't speak very highly of, of Potter, I think, in terms of his authority over this this squad because I commended the fact that he kind of made a swift decision with Aubameyang but then once results start sending against you and you're you're not getting the results from the players you're actually entrusting like Kai Havertz and others then he may look back at Aubameyang and he may also look Matt Law made a decent point he made a fair point when he was looking at you know what 11 are you going to start this weekend and he was going back to his those very early games on the Grand Potter which had Mount Sterling and Aubameyang the two AC Milan games where Chelsea were playing well you know, I do think there's been some revisionism over Aubameyang because Aubameyang did get chances after then and wasn't playing very well and off the ball isn't offering a lot. But, you know, you, you it's a very fair argument just as a counterpoint to say, well, 
what else is there at the moment that's offering much more? And I think that's a very fair point. You know, Drow Felix, you know, I, I think is, in recent performances hasn't been as impressive as he was in the first couple at Chelsea. So you could see him drop out the team. So it, it's it's just so impossible to guess the team at the moment. I'm, it's impossible to guess what Graham Potter's thinking is at this point with, with so much pressure on him, with so much scrutiny on, on him and also him probably guessing what to do to get, to get the best result and get the response at the moment. The only thing I sort of lean on is maybe going back to what he's used to, a free back, and also what maybe this squad is used to, what has worked for him in the past, what has worked for a lot of the Chelsea players in the past. As I say, a free back system, maybe it gives you that cover. If you have Badia Shile, Fafana, Chalabar, that's a very mobile back three that then, then can allow whoever you play as wing backs to kind of press up the pitch, which is what I like. Uh, and then maybe more of a front two where you can get Sterling, maybe running him from the side, trying to get him into the final third, where he, inside the box where he can have that good anticipation to maybe finish chances but that's just all kind of theory for me at the moment because it's very difficult to kind of even gauge what Chelsea are trying to do on the pitch on a week-to-week basis and based on the performances how the game's going to play out after the first 20 minutes we've seen Chelsea do well in kind of blocks and it usually has been if we look at the West Ham game we look at the Tottenham game you see like 20 minutes where Chelsea look a little bit fluid look like oh we may do something here and there's there's nice one two touch play in the final third and then it deteriorates so even if I talk about things and connections I could see on the pitch it's how long those connections are actually going to last for which speaks to the coach once again and and how difficult it's been to instill those ideas on these players uh, which makes tomorrow I think a very difficult test for Chelsea against what I suspect is going to be a high energy team um, who will come to the bridge will feel they can get a result and it's whether Chelsea players have got something to respond with that those are my thoughts Uh, I don't give predictions on here but if I was I was pressed to give a prediction I said a draw um, and that's just my honest take at the moment. I can see a draw tomorrow, hopefully a score draw where we actually get to see Chelsea score. But that that is just the reality at the moment. And, and I don't think I'm being unreasonable by coming at it with that kind of perspective because what have we seen? What have we been watching? Uh, if I came out here and told you I think Chelsea going to win 5-0, I think you'd, you'd look at me like I'm absolutely crazy because, you know, what evidence do we have of that? But I pray, I hope that, that I'm proven, my words are proven silly tomorrow afternoon when Chelsea go out there and we play free-flowing attacking football or we just win to make us all happy so those are my thoughts you can follow me on Twitter at Son of Chelsea and I will see you again very soon all the best Sports Social Podcast Network